Thanks for tuning in to Jin and Tantra. In this episode, we take a deep dive into the mind-only school of Asian philosophy and spirituality. We discuss experiencing your mind and external reality, the six consciousnesses, overcoming your own obstacles, and accumulated energetic imprints. This was a fascinating conversation. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Welcome to Jin and Tantra, spirituality with a twist. The podcast that takes Tantrism, Buddhism, Taoism, Sufism, Kabbalism, Shamanism, Chinese medicineism, <laughs> and all of the other isms we've been influenced by, and blends them into a tall, crisp, cool cocktail. Your spirit has been longing for. I want you to get together. Now, isn't that refreshing? I want you to get together. Hey, fellow Gian here. So, of a like spirituality with a twist. So, we are talking about ego. Daniel had this thing. Um, his creation of a way of thinking about this, the existential guardian operating system. And uh, so it's kind of like in the flow of that, but actually pretty different. So, you know, we want to talk about the ego in terms of like Eastern thought. And so to my mind, Daniel, this is going to be an episode talking about some fairly intense shit because <laughs> it's deep. And it kind of follows from what we were talking about with this uh, existential guardian operating system. But, I, you know, I wanted to bring kind of an, an Eastern flavor to it. Right, mm -hmm. put a little kimchi on it or something like that. Ooh, okay, a little. So, a little um, when you yeah yeah oyster sauce, when you first brought it up, a little wasabi maybe even make it a little mm -hmm. spicy. It's not that spicy. <laughs> we might have spicy episodes coming, but okay, uh, spicier episodes in the in the in the future because we're going to talk about relationships and sexuality. We've been kind of talking about that stuff, and those are in the pipeline. Yeah, but um, you know, when you first brought the whole idea up of talking about the ego, this was the thing that popped in my mind first, and so. You know, uh, it was something that we had in the the idea of talking about ego in this sense. So we're going to talk about this thing called the mind only school or the yogic experience school, Chittamatra, which means mind only, or Yogacara, which means yogic experience schools of sort of Buddhist approach. Uh, Zen is one of these, and whenever you start talking about Zen, it's going to be some kind of crazy intense shit associated with that. And we're going to build foreshadowing to this radical claim that there is no external world apart from the mind or the consciousness. And this is what they mean by yogic realization. Um, so we'll get to that. Uh, we'll do a slow build, getting that. But um, you know, what hit me with this as I was kind of doing some of my side of the prep on this was that um, it occurred to me that this is kind of like a podcast, you know, like a podcast of ideas. Every once in a while I think about what we're doing. I was like, yeah, this is a podcast of ideas. We were talking about this a little bit before we mic'd up officially to record. And to me, like not just ideas just for the sake of ideas, like some kind of armchair philosophy or something like that. And not just ideas just for the sake of like arguments, like in politics or something, just some kind of ideas like that make some rhetoric that you can throw up at social media just to argue with somebody else or something like that. Like, uh, I don't like those things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you feel about that. What do you think? I think, I'm not into it. I think I, I don't think like for, ideas for the sake of ideas. It's called mental masturbation. I think I agree with that. I was having, like having some texts with somebody. I was like, "What the? I can't even talk about this shit that this person's talking about." I don't know right. what to say about it. It was just some well, bullshit. There's political, so much of political it. rhetorical bullshit, and I was like, "Okay, whatever." Dude. There's so much of it in general that like adding to that noise is already unnecessary and undesirable yeah. from 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 our you know our standpoint really. Yeah. And like, there's like literally millions and millions and millions of podcasts. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? We'll just get meta for a second, right? And talk about what we're doing, right? Break the fourth wall. Although, who's yeah. writing me as a character? So that's a good question. You know, <laughs> it'll be mind only in a little bit. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. So it's like, we want to be able, you know, you want to do your thing. You want to be authentic. You want to create something that is entertaining, obviously, but then educational. And where's the, the, the line between the two. And if you drift too far, I think on one way or the other, it, it tends to be more lecture, which is, 
you can go to school and get that, whatever. And if you're more educational, I'm sorry, if you're more entertainment, then you're dealing in comedy or drama or, you know, whatever those, those things are. Mm -hmm. And like this, that's not, you know, that's not what we're, we're not aiming to pull those strings. It's kind of interesting because, you know, we talked about it again off mic a little bit. We don't do like the issue of the week, right? Whatever it is. We just don't do that. And a lot of stuff is orientated around like, uh, you know, what did Kamala Harris say? And what did this happen? And the, the, the NBA trade uh, deadline. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. We live in Chicago. So will the Bears trade their quarterback, Justin Fields? Will they? Will they not? You know, um, uh, anyways, you know, like, uh, uh, I'm not interested in those things. Right. You know, and it has something to do with authenticity. I think that's the right word. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, what I, hit me was like, I think we're hopefully dealing in actually useful ideas. Right things that might actually help you. And we were talking at the end of the last episode about the idea of like intoxicating thoughts. Some thoughts can have like an intoxicating power to them, like a, a verbal ayahuasca or something like that. You know, they can really affect your mind. And uh, I think that's what we're trying to do, right? Mm -hmm. A kind of, a, a, you know, that kind of a thing. So I, I think to me in context, I think this is the like what made me think about that with this episode, because this is kind of like a powerful idea. Make it over what you will. This whole thing we're gonna be talking about, about, this Zen, Shinamatra, Yogacara, mind only, yogic experience idea. It's like a powerful kind of idea. And if you can get play with it, it's kind of like it's kind of like a little bit of a verbal drug or something like that. It tries to do something to you. It's like an idea that's like intoxicating again, intoxicating thoughts, right? Mm. So um, okay. I in my own notes, I kind of wrote down like, you know, kind of my little summary in my own head about your idea of the existential garden operating system. And it's a useful idea. And I guess that's what I was trying to get to. That's a useful idea. You're trying to share that with people to be a kind of a spur or a trigger to get people to think about their experience in some new way, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a, a a tool, right? A mental tool, an ideal, uh, an idea tool, you know, and you kind of frame it out there. And so, okay, yeah, I think that's what maybe kind of put all this together. Mm. Is that how you're thinking about that too? Yeah, yeah. But we've you've sort of teased the idea of the yoga chara. So I want you to give it, you know. Oh yeah, we're gonna do it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so the only thing about it is we talked about this ego thing, and there was like in the last episodes, and there was a certain way of thinking about that, right? Especially this idea that um, it functions as a kind of defensive thing. It can also function usefully, yeah, or it can function pathologically. A, you have to yeah, become adapt, aware of it. It's an adaptation a system of adaptation. But you want to be aware of it or something, right? So you know how this is working, so it doesn't end up being like an unconscious thing. Yeah, it's kind of more like running your running the ship or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to like put that out there because this is going to be different. <laughs> and okay. then at the end, we can talk about whether it's similar or not similar. Sure. All right. Yoga Chara. Here we go. Right. Uh, now onto something completely different. So there are these kind of, uh, there's this school of Buddhist thought. Like, and Zen kind of fits into it too. So this is a little bit of a Zen vibe to this. Um, and they really just have like a different way of discussing ego kind of like all together. Like I said, in the backstory of the episode, that's the first thing that came to mind when you brought that word up. And in it, again, is this super claim about like, what's the nature of how the mind connects with external reality? That's like the big thing. So the argument in the end is going to go like, there is no external world apart from mind and consciousness. And so what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and then what does the ego have to do with this is what we're going to try to talk about, right? But they say, this is the yogic realization. This is what you're supposed to realize, like this okay as a way to start understanding this idea it's kind of like useful to look at like consciousness itself now that's another fucking hard word <laughs> ego consciousness all these things are really like tough words yeah um but i'm gonna present kind of the take on it that you get in sort of this asian thought and uh we'll kind of see where it, where it leads us as we go so on the one hand, we certainly have like five sensory consciousnesses. And this is, you know, what will be talked about here. All kinds of schools of Buddhist thought, this mind-only school of thought too. You know, we have, we know the world through our sight, our sound, our smelling, our taste, our touch, right? We got these five sensory consciousnesses. And Buddhism pays a lot of attention to this. I think Asian thought overall pays a lot of attention yeah. to because there's a real concern about like, what's the nature of mind and the rest of the world, <laughs> like, how does that work? What that, What is that about? Probably in a way, we'll talk about more later, that we don't always think about in our culture and the way, or Western culture. 
and whether we even say our culture anymore, I don't know. Sometimes I don't even know if I want to call it my culture because I don't know if I feel like it's my culture anymore. I think like, it's just I, I think it's just from it. the the culture, whether it's yours, Maybe the or culture. Not yours. Yeah, it's yeah, the, you know. Um, so there's that, right? And then they talk about the idea of a sixth consciousness, which I think when I first learned this was like, hmm, that was new to me. I think I first stumbled across this idea in undergrad and I was at UFC and I read some book on Buddhism. I don't even know where I got it or why I got it, but it got to this point where they talked about mental consciousness. And I was like, Hmm, I never thought about that before, but the idea is that we do experience kind of our own inner worlds. We experience our own feelings, our own thoughts. We feel the deeper things that drive us on some level. And we can look at those too. Right. And in a certain sense, they're things that we're experiencing because it's not stuff that you, you know, uh, are consciously thinking a lot of times. It's just purposely thinking. It just pop, pop, stuff pops up. And anybody who's tried to meditate for like five seconds has realized that this is the case. Your mind will produce all kinds of stuff. It just does. It's going on all the time. So in the uh, kind of like the Asian cultural world, Buddhist world, but to the extent that all this stuff influenced Asian culture overall, uh, you know, the spiritual culture that we're trying to talk about, well, this is just another thing you recognize. In a certain sense, it's you're experiencing the activity of your own mind, mm -hmm. which gets you six of those. So what do you think about that idea? When did you first hear about that, Daniel? And how did you react to that? Did you have a similar thing with that? Yeah, I don't know that I heard it like that. Like they, I don't think I got the label. You know, they're mm -hmm. like, this is the sixth, the sixth consciousness is right. Yeah. But, yeah. but in, in definitely in context of, of, uh, Buddhist meditation. So Vipassana or, you know, even in shamatha, any, any Buddhist meditation, they'll talk about the inner workings of the mind, you know, and, and in, in a different way than simply like, not simply, but like in sort of modern discussion on mindfulness, right. They'll just say thoughts come and go, be with the breath or be here, be present, you know, what, which you're doing anyways, but, but in the, I guess in like the sort of, at least from my interpretation, the Buddhist view is, is one of self-discovery, right? Yeah, I think that's right. Looking at how you know stuff. I know stuff through my sense consciousness, but I also know stuff from experiencing whatever my own internal mind is doing, right? It's another so way that of like, knowing stuff. You're, you're able to not just like let it come up and then go, but then have a level of recognition, you know, mm -hmm. and then see what, see if those streams are what they're attached to. And so not to just, you can certainly, depending on the type of meditation, you can certainly cut those streams of, of thought, which they'll say you can use like a little man with a sword or a woman with a sword and just kind of chop it up and, you know, get back to whatever it is that you're doing. But on the, that's one type. The other, other types are to look at that thing actually you know, from a, from another perspective, not necessarily one of your own as you're sort of riding the waves, but more of like a, a third person observer and say, okay, what tendencies are coming up in my mind? Am I thinking about my calendar? Am I thinking about my partner? Am I think, you know, and these are the attachments mm -hmm. or, you know, that, that we've discussed before. And when you can see tendencies and trends, then you're inherently learning about these kind of like unconscious drives that are always like bah, 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 well, that's bah, your bah, bah, bah. identify investigate and so on right that you were talking about with this exactly thing exactly so but i think that's like part of like buddhist thought and like, you can even see how they correlate in an interesting way like i heard something from someone that i really love and she was talking about something she was thinking about in her life and then she realized she had all this pain in her rib side right mm. so what happened in that moment you know for that person right in that moment, you're thinking about like whatever that part of your life was, you know, that you're thinking about, right? And then, you know, you had your own thoughts and feelings going on. And then this sensory thing happened. All of a sudden, physical sensation happened. Bang. You know, something happening in the body. And then it, like, it's all how you get aware of how these things kind of interconnect. And then it gives you a way to kind of figure out even what they mean to you. Because that little king in the side is a certain kind of like alarm ringing. It's like a bell going ding, 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 ding. Like, think about this. You know what I mean? Because you can start to see that these things are going to affect one another. What is going on in this mental consciousness is going to affect your body, right? And probably even affect like, not just like physically how your body feels, but even how you like see the world. You know, you get in a certain frame of mind and the world just looks different through your eyes <laughs> or the music sounds better or, you know, the food tastes richer if you're in a certain mental state, yeah. right? Yeah. If your feelings, your emotions are different. So it's all like, like how you learn about yourself and how you learn about how these things are connecting or something like that. Mm -hmm. Once you get aware of these kind of like six things happening and how they entwine with one another, right? And our like a little in our professional world of like traditional Chinese medicine, of course, we think about this a lot. Of course, we and putting a lot of emphasis on the body, but you know, all of that kind of does like vibe together in this way. And you're knowing this through your own experiences. That's the consciousness part, right? 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're knowing it through how the body feels. You know, you're meditating, some thought hits you, and you realize your body starts to, eh, then you sort of learn something in that, right? Mm-hmm. And that came through the consciousness of like, like a, a touch and sensation, you know, of your own body or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's trippy, but that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, you know, we've been having this discussion more a little bit on like, you know, body consciousness, somatization, you know, mm-hmm. things like this, like learning. And, and, you know, I know you're cool, you, you know, you're cool with it. It, you know, sort of, it's, it's becoming more in the lexicon of, of therapy now, you know, the somatic type therapy. I go back to like, you know, like this has been a, the only reason I, I sometimes have the reaction I have is this has been a, a thing for me since like my twenties and shit. Yeah. You know, I've been doing this stuff so long. So to me, it's not like new. Right. And it's kind of like, there's just rebranding of the, the same old ideas. And so sometimes yeah. I react a little bit like, okay, this person is hijacking this other old idea and calling it something new so they can sell a new book or something. So I kind sure. of roll my eyes a little bit. <laughs> right. And which I can understand, but, but it's I, okay. You know, I mean, it's still, the ideas are getting out there and it's important. That's yeah, my that, personal, like, that's what it right. is. The yeah, ideas are getting out there. And I, and it, it like the body the, keeps the score that you brought up. That shit's like as old as the sun. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> but I mean, like a new thing. <laughs> yeah, but nothing is new. Okay, fine. Right. But if you can rebrand it and make some money off of it, I don't know. I don't like that shit. <laughs> yeah, but I think, but but it's it it it's representative of a of a culture shift, not necessarily one individual. Full disclosure: I've never read the book, so I have no opinion about right. it beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just bashed it, but I don't care about it. You know, it's, nothing, you know. I, I'm, it's not that book in particular. It's just right. like it just happened to get in the way of my bashing. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but I, I think I'm not, you know, not anything against the personal. Uh-huh. No, but I think it it does put people back in contact with some other aspect of themselves because they're they've abandoned that you know they've abandoned the physical signs right <laughs> whether they're thinking i mean so if somebody has the awareness of having a thought then having a pain they've made that connection yeah yeah if, right if somebody doesn't have that connection to their body then they're just thinking then, then then this is just kind of like a thing that's floating around and the thought on the inside also then floats around so there's this level of awareness that when you bring your mind back on the inside and you can sense things if we can start somewhere in the body and have a gross sensation because i feel like body sensations are gross as in they're they're much louder they're when, obvious they're mm-hmm. obvious when yeah. you get into the mind sometimes it's obvious but a lot of the time it's more subtle you know, especially when you might get depend the on the person points. though, Daniel, though, you know what I mean? Like you're kind of a Capricorn earthy dude, right? Mm-hmm. You have some awareness of your body. So other people like it's might be their emotions that are super powerful sure. and that's the thing they're feel. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to like, uh, um, even disagree with you. I agree. I know what you're talking about, yeah. right? The sensations of the body are pretty salient, you know? Yeah. You get yeah, a paper yeah. cut even you're like, holy shit, that hurts. You yes. know, they're yeah. salient, right? But, you know, there is this thing of like, you know, uh, people will attune to different parts and that's what's so interesting about it. And then sure. people can kind of go off in different ways of what might like uh, attract them and attach them or right. something and could keep right. you from seeing the big picture maybe mm. yeah does that make any we're, we're agreeing essentially yeah. yeah we're agreeing i'm just saying it, it's a it's a practice of being aware of yourself mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. system you're using you know the increase of awareness of what's going on on the inside is the is the movement as opposed to i don't know what's going on in here i'm just driving this truck you know? I can say like, you know, back when I started doing this Zen thing, you just sit still for a fucking long time <laughs> and a lot of stuff happens in your mind and in your body. And I did start to learn and I had this really deep body work too, which we haven't talked about too much. Maybe we'll do some other episodes on like what it's like to respond to some of this body work stuff psychologically. Mm. Again, that was in my twenties and it was intense and it was very useful. Exactly the way you're talking about because the body's so meaningful, right? Mm. Some people might even say it's keeping the score. Ha! Ah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, um, I had this Zen therapy done um, and it's an, it was an interesting experience, but it, I did start to realize like, oh, my body is going to tell me stuff. Yeah. It is going to like communicate. It's going to tell me some of what I feel about things, which I think was new for me. Cause I, you know, I had done psychology. I had gotten my head shrunk. I got some of that stuff. I had learned how to look at my own thoughts and emotions maybe, but I hadn't fully correlated with that physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Like in a way that would probably be pretty natural for us now, given our traditional Chinese medicine orientations. Okay. That clicks. But well, at the I, time, they hadn't clicked for me yet. I knew my mind and I knew my emotions, but I didn't always feel how it connected with the body. Yeah. I think that for most people, they don't have that experience. They don't have the head shrinking experience. They don't have, yeah. they don't have the, these kind of, you know, body work. It, it's just not a thing. So I was a pretty driven person. So I was like seeking pretty you're, intense. You're looking, you know? to, you're looking for, for, for threads to jump on and connect and yeah. follow all the way back up. And so from I'll a- Pop some acid, I'll get some body work. I mean, that was my twenties. What do I have to do? Yeah. Sit on a cushion 12 hours a day to understand myself. Okay, I'll do that. I'll get this guy to shrink my head. Some guy gives me a tab. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever fucking has to happen. 
I'll do I think, yeah. I, you know, I, I think most are not so adventurous. And so, you know, they have to use sort of like the most gross tools to work their way in. And the most it is gross, interesting, yeah. you know, and the most gross tools are, is this here, you know, for, for I mean, you're giving good advice. It's kind of like, pay attention to your body. They'll probably tell you stuff. Right. And then if you yeah. can take it, but if you could take that and not stop there, I think is your point. Like, it's not <laughs> just that you're not just a gross machine, you know, then you sort of work your way backwards and say, okay, you're feeling this, but what is that feeling actually? Is there, is there an emotion associated with it? Okay. Well, what's the emotion attached to what, what does that do for you? How did you, you know what I'm saying? Like it starts to move more deeply and then we could say, what are the archetypes potentially, or what are the tendencies, yeah, that, yeah. You know, the aggregates that are being cultivated or that are calling out or, you know, whatever the case is, you know, and this is kind of like the beauty actually of our own medicine, right. Of, of TCM, of, of whatever you want to call it, East Asian medicine and philosophy yeah. is that union between all of them. Um, mm that like can give you the mind altering experiences of, you know, being in a deep meditative state on the acupuncture table or in meditation or during Qigong or Tai Chi, whatever, you know? So last thing I thought, Oh, sorry. I didn't cut you off. Go ahead. No, no. And that, and that to me fits right in with the six consciousnesses. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then you it's know? how you learn how your mind, your feelings, your emotions also interact with these other consciousnesses, yeah. with these other experiences. Yeah. We're going to be doing something on uh, relationships and, um, I'm going to talk about a little bit about Freud, a little bit about this guy named Wilhelm Reich. And they're kind of, especially Reich is probably the original body keeps the score person or something, right? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, there, there's that whole complex relationship because you're just to put it like into, um, I'm thinking of one person in particular, but just to put it into a context, a context, you could have tons of bodily feelings and not want to know what that's saying. And you can yeah. block that out. Yeah. Right? So there is a kind of a, like a way that you get in a lot of the stuff that we love of trying to pull these things together, yeah. the awareness, the making unconscious conscious mm -hmm. idea, right? This is what you're trying to get to have mm -hmm. happen. Mm -hmm. And then, then, then this way of talking, well, that's how you learn how these, you have these six consciousnesses and they kind of like affect one another. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So, um, so that's the basic. And, you know, again, a lot of uh, Asian thought will talk this way and they kind of stop there. Usually you say six, so if you're interested in Buddhist stuff and you start looking, you get a lot of like six consciousnesses. The one that was weird for me was now I had to, had to add this mental consciousness. And maybe for me, I was someone who was so interested in like my own thoughts and ideas and stuff that I was just like, well, I'm not experiencing that. I'm creating that, you know? Sure. But there is that those moments where you, when you have to sit and meditate, we realize, well, no, I'm not creating this. This is a bunch of shit spewing, mm. <laughs> spewing out. It has its own agenda. <laughs> Stuff is just going. I think right? people don't. I, I think people don't really talk about that actually very often. In sort it was of very insightful when I first read it, I was like, "Ooh, that's an insight." Mm -hmm. and because you know the issue. Somebody wanted to come on the podcast. I won't. I won't mention her name. We got a, an email. We've got some emails from some people. So, you know, podcast bookers, if you're listening to this, listen to what we're saying. I'm going to say now before you reach out and ask if you can come on the show and promote some particular thing. Like you got to vibe with what we're vibing on. You know what I'm saying? Like well, I'm open. We have tons of people on here who have very different ideas, but like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, whatever we do our thing. And, and anyways, we're open to everybody, but we're also open to saying no. So <laughs> But being like, open is also open to be not being open. <laughs> We're free to choose, baby. We're free. No, but the, the point is that like open to be closed. Mm -hmm. People may say, oh, you know, I'm going to sit down and they have this idea that meditation is like shutting off of the mind, which obviously we've, we've said that's not true many, many times. Yeah. Bob Thurman really bashes that if you want. Oh, yeah. 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 But that. then mm -hmm. but then to your point, like people then think, OK, I'm going to OK, now I'm going to control it. I'm going to control this thing that's talking all the time. You could certainly try. And you can get pretty good at it, actually, you know, mm -hmm. but then to also be aware that that it is a flow of stuff that's kind of like doing its thing. It's always running, actually, you know, yeah, yeah. and that like doesn't say anything about you as a character, good or bad. It's just but it's happening, you know, and so when you mm -hmm. become aware of that thing, that's the first it's kind of like the first step. You're like sort of like, all right, now I have to make changes to this infinite flow of stuff that's happening. Right. You got to get my I mean my sieve out. Even on the psychology thing, it wasn't an accident that Freud came up with this idea of like stream of consciousness, mm. even to get people to pay attention to this thing, because mm. it's like, <laughs> so part of his original thing, for whatever it's worth, you can like him or not like him. There's reason to not like him for sure. Sure. But yeah, even this Bobby T, Robert Thurman says, there's parts of him that's genius, you know, and he recognized like there's this flow going on inside of people and yeah. maybe we got to make them look at that so they can figure out how this is affecting them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
Okay, lots of stuff we can say about this, but I'll push it so we can do the chitimacha yeah, 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 thing, right? Yeah. We'll get your reaction to it too, Daniel, because I am curious what you think about this. So in the Chittamatra school, in this mind-only school, yogic experience school, they say there are two other levels that make up people. And per what we've been talking about, first we can look at the ego and what this means in this way of thinking. Now, the, the word ego, you know, we've talked about it maybe a little bit in the previous episodes. I don't recall exactly, but it really means like I. <laughs> That's all I. it means. I, like the letter I, like I. And Freud, actually, when he talked about this in German, just used the German word for I, which is ich. So he just is like, yeah, it's I, you know. So this Chittimatra school introduces this idea of I or ego here, but they say it in a very particular way. So you'll see this talked about in a couple of different little phrases. The one shows the massive downside. The other one kind of hides it a little bit, but it's 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 not a good thing. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it'll be a little bit of a different from what you were talking about, Daniel, uh, or introducing for us. So sometimes they'll call this the afflictive mental consciousness, afflictive. Sometimes they'll talk about it, the afflictive I consciousness, or sometimes they'll just say like the I maker or the thing that makes ego. There's an ego making level of the consciousness of a person. This is special to this particular way of thinking, this mind only way of thinking, but it's kind of a powerful idea. I guess in the Sanskrit, it's ahamkara or something yeah. though, my, my, Sanskrit isn't always that hot. Yeah, aham, aham, aham meaning I and kara meaning maker, right? Mm -hmm. So this I maker idea. So what they're trying to point out is we all have this sense of self that's kind of related to our own inner and outer experiences. And at times we could be thinking about like, oh, my knee hurts or oh, I got that paper cut or whatever. Sometimes it'll be in our emotions. Sometimes it'll be in our thoughts. These things are kind of changing and flitting around all the time, right? So when you start paying attention, you can start to go like, um, I had this emotion, now it changed. I had this thought, now it changed. You know, that's the whole idea of like just recognizing the flow of things, like what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Oh, shit's flowing and I'm not in the same space all the time. You know, can't step in the same river twice or whatever. Things are flowing along. Mm -hmm. So say that's just going to flow. But there's this deeper sense of like this I maker, this ego maker which imposes this idea upon the person that there is this unitary, permanent, independent thing. Yeah. I, or you could even say that it's kind of like limited. So it has this negative effect of like creating this thing, not only of like unitary, permanent, uh, independent, this separate, what would be kind of like an illusion, but separate, separate, yeah. independent, separate, and like cut off from the world around me, cut off from all the energies of the world around me. And then also in the sense, like limited, so it's kind of like a, like you could say like a truncating thing, mm -hmm. a thing that puts up these artificial barriers and boundaries that aren't really there. Right. And so it's already kind of like um, a problem <laughs> and that it's kind of like delusional or illusory or something. And the point that they're trying to make is then as people, as living things, not just people, but I guess everybody, you know, squirrels and raccoons and uh, grasshoppers or whoever you are who might be listening donkeys um that we actually identify with this thing right you know that this is what creates our identification with this and i was reading one of the i don't have his name in front of me here this is bad but i'll, I'll make sure i'll shoot a credit over for him maybe if you when we write the episode or something because he does a good job explaining this but it ends up being like a cause of a lot of troubles mm -hmm. right and they would argue that from this point of view the cause of like all the troubles are coming from this right Right. Um, and it creates a lot of like weird internal dialogue in people that's negative. It creates a lot of like weird internal white noise that's confusing. And it kind of filters and colors our experiences and does this thing to them. It makes them much more limited. Right. It cuts us off from the full range. I think I thought about this as I was prepping this, you know, of the shower curtain of wisdom in the next room. And, uh, you know, the whole idea of the ayahuasca quote that I have from the one artist, is it Pablo Amaringo? Is that his name, Daniel? I don't know. Okay. Anyways, great, like kind of shamanic artist. And he just says like, you know, it's uh, the thing that happens with ayahuasca is it like overcomes this and it helps yeah. you realize that this is illusory, mm -hmm. right? He has something like, ver like not verbatim, but like, you know, give or take, you know, like paraphrasing, that's what it's about. It tells us that our experiences are illusory. And so it's this kind of like in like this weird filter, the meditative thing. And I like the way it's said in the book, I was using sort of prep these materials, but they talk about like ego radio, 
when you sit and meditate, you realize I have all of this going on. And they say, that's this thing, this afflictive mental consciousness, this seventh thing that's like in play, kind of uh, blah, blah, blahing away all the time, obstructing all the time, doing all this stuff. Now, in this case, it's not being presented as if it's like it's a good thing that's adapting or whatever. This is being presented obviously negative. This is but, probably more akin to the that defensive part of the, you know, the existential guardian operating system that I was, you know, referencing the last couple of weeks, this particular part, yeah. this sort of like this exact, this guarding thing, the, the, the personal personality traits that we use to keep ourselves sort of, I guess, protected in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing that they're saying is that it's going to be a major block, like all the way through, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's the mm-hmm. thing that creates this delusional sense. So I don't mean to cut you off in it, but yeah, they're, they're going kind of deep. Does that fit into what you're thinking? Cause like, that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly okay. right. That's like, yeah. I didn't, I don't know this level. Of, I, I know this, but I don't know this, you know, uh-huh. I know it through yeah. what I, what I, 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 I yogic experience, <laughs> yogic experience. So I experienced yeah. this and mm-hmm. been writing the first and writing the episode a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. That's what yeah. I realized mm-hmm. as I was reading and going through, I was like, oh, here's this thing that's inside mm-hmm. that is like, you know, it's guarding. That's, that's, it's in the name, right? That's what it <laughs> yeah, does. Yeah. It's, it, you know, but then as I went forward, I'm like, well, I don't want to look at it only as like this negative thing because it's here. So if if it's here and it's not going anywhere and it's only negative, well then to me, that's like dualistic and I'm only giving it one aspect. And if I want to have integration with it, it can't only be, you know, a poison pill. There's got to be, I got to get high from it at least once or twice, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It can't just be, there must be some pleasure I'm getting from this. Gotta be, I need something, you know, give me, give me a little bit a buzz, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Little buzz. Little tingle, a little something. Something, mm-hmm. yeah, relaxing. Yeah. It could be a little bit. Yeah. Neck rub, shoulder rub. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But that was, yeah, that, that's exactly my, that was my so take. like, in this take of this, this is like the main, like, like kind of like the main obstructive thing. And it's stopping mm-hmm. like a ton of real and potential realizations. That's the idea, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then on the meditation side, then the idea is that this kind of like, the more you meditate, the more you sort of like take away from this. It gets weaker and weaker, you know? If you want to use like the fire meta- metaphor or something, you kind of cook this thing and it starts to melt down and it becomes less and less of an obstructive thing in the person's life or something. We'll do some episodes on, because we're gonna do some psychology and relationship stuff. We'll talk about Carl Rogers and he thinks this way too. Like your existential guardian operating system is kind of close to his like false self-concept thing. Mm. You know, where it goes wrong, where the self-concept goes wrong. But when you kind of like melt this Carl thing Rogers, away, Eric. It's Carl Rogers <laughs> and it's me. <laughs> well, you're buying. It's like a photo finish at the end. That's it. <laughs> I better dive forward. Good thing I had a long Roman <laughs> yeah. nose, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, anyways, you know, and the point is like, as this happens, then the person can get, get kind of closer to closer to enlightenment or closer and closer, at least to truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Seeing things more and more clearly, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. you you lose these obstructions from this thing, whether you want to call it an existential garden operating system or an whatever. ahamkara or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. you know, to the extent that this is an obstructive problem, right? Mm-hmm. So it's clearly not being framed in a good way, though you sort of wonder, like, maybe you need a little of this again, otherwise you just stumble around and fall down the flight of stairs. You need something to protect you. <laughs> You know, you can't just go like, uh, should I eat this poisonous berry? Mm, who yeah. cares? Go for it. You know, whatever. It's all my ego. Fuck it. Yeah. And then you sit there, your ego vomits for uh, three days. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, so I, I do get the idea of what you're saying in this way of thinking, though, they're really saying it's a problem. Yeah. Right? They're definitely framing it as a problem. Yeah. Um, And this is the thing that like meditation is trying to overcome or from the shower curtain of wisdom, the ayahuasca is trying to like get the little breakthrough to start overcoming to get over this thing. Right. That's a slant of this school for sure, you know? Yeah. Okay. So then you get to the point of like, what is it covering up? And then this gets really intensely interesting too. Okay. So I think you have to say, and this is what we've been talking about from like sort of a very universal spiritual point of view, this thing is limiting. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what's it limiting? What's it cutting you off from? And you really could say like probably the deeper mysteries of life. And the mm. deeper truths of the universe and the deeper blisses and the deeper amazements that are there in the universe, it's cutting you off. It sucks, right? And I think you can kind of recognize it psychologically. You can recognize it in meditation, a lot of stuff. Like psychologically, you know, as we've been kind of going back and forth between these two things, you do sort of recognize this eventually. I got a personality 
or what I'm calling a personality, and it sucks. <laughs> it has to go. <laughs> this thing I'm calling my personality, it's just a, a bag of shitstorm. It has to go out in the trash with it. So, I mean, you do sort of realize that, I think, even in psychology. Um, but in this school, they're starting to say something kind of special about what it's covering up. And they're saying it's covering up this realization of mind only. So what does that mean? We'll get to it maybe in a couple of uh, different routes to it because it's such a deep idea. And then, you know, we'll kind of maybe share our reactions to it or something like that. So the first thing maybe to say about it, though, to get to it is this idea that they, like we had six levels of like experience and consciousness, right? Five senses. You could experience your own mind. Now they're saying there's this other thing. You can experience this ego thing inside you, your existential guardian operating system. You can experience that thing, right? That's part of something inside of you, too. Then they add this eighth thing. So this is kind of unusual. They'll talk about eight levels of a person. They're just making like they're just making shit up now. Um, isn't everybody? Yes. <laughs> That's the point. You just you, you're right in their wheelhouse. <laughs> After the eighth, there's a twelfth thing. <laughs> well, self concept, existential guardian, operating system, id, ego, superego. What is this stuff? <laughs> a form on form on formless. I think it's like a way of trying to like talk about the world to point out things that are useful. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so this eighth level of thing is this idea of what they call the mind basis of all, or if you get deep into the Buddhist world, you might hear this phrase called Alaya, A-L-A-Y-A. And maybe you get in other parts of Asian culture too. Certainly a lot of this stuff will find its way all over the place. Cause it's a way of talking about all the different karmic energies that are associated with a person. Right. So in the kind of, Asian framework, you have all of this sort of energetic stuff around you, all of this karmic energy, right? We've gone through all of these lives. We've accumulated these things. We're accumulating them in this life now. So we're accumulating all of these associated kind of energetic imprints, right? Mm -hmm. And you always have to figure out like how to talk about this exactly. There's a stream of the, of that person, right? They're the flow of their being, their spirit. A lot of times, like they say, just consciousness with this, right? There's this flow, but you're accumulating these sort of energetic little imprints, right? And it's kind of like energy, right? Karma. Um, Gaelic Rinpoche would talk about this in some ways, you know, like great Gaelic Rinpoche, where he would say like, you know, sometimes when you're doing quantum mechanics, maybe you'll find this eventually. <laughs> all these little karmic imprints are probably all over the place, right? So this is the idea of how they talk about it. They say you have this whole level of who you are that's this, a vast sea of these karmic imprints. And so you're supposed to kind of imagine this incredible warehouse of energy and karmic seeds that we all kind of present sort of there in some kind of quantum way that's associated with us. And we're carrying all of this energetic history of this lives and maybe previous lives and all this stuff is flowing along with us, right? This is this idea of this mind basis of all. And so we can't see that, right? We don't see it. And they're saying part of the reason why we don't see it clearly is because of this afflictive mental consciousness. We can't mm. fully see this, you know? And even when events are happening that should ring our bells to recognize it, a lot of times people don't, right? You can get like a slap in the face mm -hmm. <laughs> that can tell you, hey, there's something deeper going on like this, but you won't see it. And they're saying in part, why? Because you're like so wrapped up in this smaller sense like who you are, what you're doing, what you think is important, all this kind of shit like that. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? Very. Yeah. So you have this thing going on and you can't see this whole other part. So that's part of what the ego is hiding. It's hiding this deeper reservoir of who you are, right? This incredible storehouse of like energetic potential with all of these different little seeds in it. And, you know, they're going to affect your experiences in the world, right? And they're going to say also going to change what the world's going to do, right? These things are going to affect what the world's going to do to you. You just can't see it. Oh, you're going to say something. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, Here's your I mean, reaction to these things too, because it's deep, like, right? So, so you know, we just came back from a, a week long retreat in Mexico to our friend's place, uh, Kumankaya, who you know Remy was been on podcast oh, yeah, before, yeah. And, mm -hmm. and you know, people got a chance to to get away from their life, and and yes, it's the ego that is, or you know, in this description of the ego uh, that is keeping people separate and sort of not able to see these things. But in addition to that, it's also the world. It's also people's habits. It's their responsibilities. It's their all the things that they have to do. Their dogs, their wives, their husbands, their children, their you know bills, their th you know everything. And yeah, that's all part of life, right? Just in general. 
But at simultaneously, it also requires our most limited resource, which is time. And if you don't have the, the the prioritization of your time in order to do the internal dive that is going to take to even get to like level one to say, oh, oh, what's going on inside of me? Not even necessarily be aware of any of these other things. This other stuff is going to be so far abstract that the conversation won't even occur. So I think I wanted to just make the point that it's the ego also, but then it's the place in which that we are living that that doesn't allow for this kind of like internal, that even the opportunity for this internal reflection, nor is there a place in society where this type of internal reflection really has legs. Where is the conversation around these types of things? You know what I'm saying? Like these sort of like, quote unquote, spiritual ideologies, uh, spiritual in what sense? You know what I'm saying? Like even the word spirituality, what is that? I don't even know what that it means. I know we can look up the definition and, and, and write it down, but I guess it's an associated with something that we don't want to call God or something like that, you know? Like to me, this is like internal discovery, self-discovery. What else do you need to figure out in life? You know, I'm like, okay, we can be an expert at, you know, physics or, you know, radio waves or, you know, whatever microphones, I don't know, right? Which are important to give back into the world. But like, in addition to diving into a topic, why not dive into who it is that you are all the damn time? Like you aren't anybody else ever. And so like the idea that like that would be totally skipped out I think we're not uh, we're not giving enough weight to the place that we are currently residing in, where these things are just like moved off into some like random realm that doesn't get discussed, but only with people who have like, you know, dream catchers. Here's mine. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm aware. Uh, and and you know, incense and and you know, robes. But that's not the, that's not true. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think I think this is to me. This should be taught in school. Personally. This oh yeah, yeah. You're right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, yeah. So, you know, for me, like, this is so funny because I got my exact same ranting, bitching rant at the end, <laughs> which is like, we talk a lot about society, rules, norms, structures in the society and yeah. so on. And I put the notes, at least I do, <laughs> but you do too. Um, and uh, so, yeah, again, if, it's verbatim. So if one is spending one's time, energy, mind immersed in all the things that this culture has set up as like, you got to do all of this, right? It's amazing thing about adult life when you start to notice that. I remember when I realized like, there's not one fucking second <laughs> if you let adult life run amok to do anything else. No. Like this whole, at least, you know, I'm talking about America. We got people from other places. You can let us yeah. know. But like, if you kind of let it, every single moment of every single bit of time will be taken up with some responsibility that you're like some box to check, some form to send in, some other thing to do, like every single fucking second will be taken up with something. And so if, if that's the case and all these responsibilities and all the different things that people tell you you're supposed to value more than this, which may have value those things, but you know they're supposed to consume everything. How are you supposed, how are you supposed to see this? I'm, to take the time to see I am it? curious. So we probably have maybe like a, a quarter to a third of our audience that's international. And mm -hmm. so I, I'm, you know, I'm very curious if you're not from the U.S., I would love to hear your take on this, because I think for both Eric and I, we feel like I, I don't feel like this is uniquely American. I mm -hmm. think this is uniquely Western. And I think the Western culture is ubiquitous in, in most of the world, most of the developed world. It's but invasive. It's invasive. It's an invasive culture. But I would don't, be, don't be naive about it. It's invasive. I agree. We'll talk about this more in future episodes too, because I got some stuff on this coming up, but it's invasive. But I would uh -huh. love to hear from people from around different parts of the globe, you know, in, in an email. And you can email us at ginandtantra at gmail.com. Um, and just let me, or, or leave a comment in the YouTube video. You know, that's mm -hmm. certainly cool too. I, I just like to hear your experience. Do, do you believe this to be also be in your part of the world? Because, you know, mm -hmm. I don't have, I mean, I have some people who live in other parts of the world that maybe I'll have this discussion with them. I think it's probably very similar, but you know, we're open to all different folks. I mean, from it, all de over. it depends. Like, I think once you get this and I'll, I'll say it, once you get this capitalistic kind of materialistic, and we're going to talk more about this in a little bit, culture yeah. stepping in with all of its ideas of how things are supposed to be. And it's tied in with a lot of stuff. It's, yeah. you know, I'm going to talk about in future episodes, it's tied into religion. It's tied into how the culture's organized. It's like, there's a whole thing around this, right? How you're supposed to conduct your life, how you're supposed to conduct your relationships, how you're supposed to do everything. You know, it's just a lot of this, this whole thing. And there's a reason to be suspicious. Yeah. Like, why is it set up this way? 
And you have to get at some point or another, you have to kind of look and say, okay, there's some element of probably trying to control people in this. Mm. One of the main ways you control people in a, in a, it's a soft mechanism of control, it's isn't it? Control. But it has a threat because if you don't take care of this thing, I'll ding your bank account for that. If you don't take care of this thing over here, HR, if you work, sends you an email and now you got to do this other thing, <laughs> you know, like you're constantly like, yeah. like in the midst of all of these petty tasks, like incessantly. It Right, I mean, it's yeah. not, isn't that no, true? Yeah, no, it's true. I think though, so there, there's, there's a delineation here because you know, as I'm working a little bit more in the medicine community and whatnot, I'm also noticing that like in that sort of spiritual kind of community, well, quote unquote, spiritual community is also laden in conspiracy theory, right? Mm. And 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 to as we're talking about society's power structures in general, I can hear someone being like, oh, see, they're talking about it. They're talking about the, you know, the invisible hand that governs. And I'll just, if someone's thinking that, I will grant you your, your argument temporarily because studying conspiracy or studying how the, the societal pressures act on us is one part of the thing. But why would you study something is to learn, right? And then once you have learned, once you have knowledge, the knowledge provides you with some amount of like freedom of choice. So the choice you can do, you know, multiple things. One, you can go back and loop in and study more and study more and keep wanting to find out what the truth really is. That is, to me, a, a mental masturbation. It's pissing in the wind. For me, you're then, talking about the kind of like, it's almost like I don't want to compare it just to QAnon, but it's kind of like that kind yeah. of a thing, right? Yeah, it, it, it's you know, who's, it's a, who's pulling the wheels and who's doing, who's you know, pulling the strings of who's, pulling the strings up? Yeah, who's turning who's turning the wheels? Who's pulling the strings? Who's the who's the kings and queen makers? And what's the you know right? And then who's yeah. controlling them? Who's the chart of them? And then who's you know, yeah okay I yeah who's in charge that, of them? And then who's in charge of them? And who's behind them? You know what I'm saying like this infinite like well, I think that's like, where that gnostic thing can just go. It, right, it goes it goes infinite. It goes on like, forever, and you never yeah. get out of it. You uh -huh. pull open the you pull open the curtain, and and instead of like Oz, an old man behind a you know a keyboard, it's like a, a Russian doll that has like a million yeah. people on the inside. More and more curtains, more and more curtains. You're like, yeah, exactly. It's the same yeah. thing over and over again. A but doll my and point, a curtain, a doll and a curtain. Yeah. My mm -hmm. point in saying this is that like, so that's one way of of becoming caught in a loop, right? But the but for me, actually, the drive then is on the inside is to change the self right, is to change the internal structure so that you can exist as a, as a more free being within this structure, within the thing that's already in place. Because every being who has enlightened themselves, and they do, and we do enlighten ourselves, we're influenced by other people, but ultimately, the final step is our own leap to take, you know, and it's probably not a leap. I love how in, in some of the Zen they, uh, uh, philosophies, they talk about like realization is like finding out you have a nose, you know, yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah. oh yeah, there it is. You know, but like you, everybody who's enlightened themselves in their life has done so within some amount of structure that was, you know, sort of antithetical to their, you know, their own way of thinking or believing. And so that's kind of- that that's true. You go to some Zen masters that are living in feudal Japan, that society doesn't want them to get enlightened. No. There's no interest in that. <laughs> no, no interest whatsoever. So, yeah. You know, we always look back with reverence and say it was so much easier. And in, you know, in, in 30 years from now, when the yeah. AI takes over, um, you know, <laughs> then we'll all be doomed. Right? right. You know, but like your, your own salvation is on you, actually it's on you. So we, we talk about the external power structures as a reminder that like, yes, that's a real thing, but that also not to get caught up on it and to take that energy that you, whatever that you want to fight against it and go back in and do that work on yourself because a more that, free being um, helps everybody. That obsession with the that kind of the system is yeah. part of the system. That's correct. And how it it's how it gets you to waste your life, mm -hmm. like spending time on like crap within it that's not out of the system. That is the system. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like when you first realize when I know when I was a teenager, you see some guy dressed like uh, some posing goth way who looks like he's the lead singer from the cure and you realize like he's just dressing that way right. <laughs> there's there's nothing else happening deeper inside it's the same shit like it's just a show you know mm -hmm. the counterculture is just the culture you know mm -hmm. um and it's just another it's just i mean if you want to think this way and i sometimes i do it's just another ruse it's just another dead end street mm -hmm. going nowhere right set up to have you waste your time <laughs> Because then you'll be on this fucking thing. And, and, <laughs> and they cell phone. What, what they develop, 
the infinite yeah. scroll infinite <laughs> scrolling right just keep going yeah. keep going keep you know on more crap you know of yeah. that type so it doesn't go anywhere you'll just spend your time thinking about that in some kind of weird paranoid whatever right mm -hmm. anyway i know people get lost in that stuff yeah no it's, a, it's an important subject right yeah, yeah. Um, well, I know what we're going to do with this. We got one last big chunk of this and you got to be out in like five minutes. So we wrap it or you want to yeah. like, how do you want to handle it? Yeah, let's wrap it right here. Okay. Okay. That sounds like an episode. Yeah. Cause then we'll guess, well, guess what we'll do next time was look at like what else the ego is hiding. Yeah. The ego's supposed to be hiding one other major thing. And uh, it's a cool Naughty. subject matter, you know? Naughty. And, <laughs> and I think uh, it'll give us a chance to preview. We'll get to talk about our old friend, Dean Radin. Ah, we have to talk about one of our other favorite Carls, Carl Jung, again, right? We'll pop up again. We'll talk about him. We'll talk about Rupert Sheldrake, who refused to come on the show. Rupert. Rupert, come we on. We invited man. you. I did try to get him to come on the show just as a thing. I wrote him and I got a very polite, he's like a British scientist and kind of intellectual thinker. He's fun. And so after we had Dean Radin on, I was, we were like, what the fuck? So I wrote Rupert Sheldrake. I got this very polite British letter back about, you know, he's very, you know, he's very busy, but thanks and blah, blah, blah. And I wrote one follow-up letter and they just, there wasn't, a, well, they just didn't write again. So you should, <laughs> you should have Where's up your with, British politeness? What happened to it, British people? Followed up with an insult. See if <laughs> fuck Rupert Sheldrake, the old <laughs> fucking geezer. I don't want him on my show anyways. <laughs> He's just he's just a copycat there, poser. He's just there, stealing other people's shit. There's Send. there's that ego right there. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I was like, okay. I just I put another email out that just said like, well, if he ever has the time, I know he's yeah. an old guy. You know, I understand. Yeah. Anyways, perfect. <laughs> well, Eric, sending these things. All right. See you, Daniel. As always, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching, for listening. You know, if you liked our work, then please feel free to share it. If uh, you're on the YouTube, give us a like and a comment or, you know, whatever the people tell you to do, you should probably do it uh, or don't do it because you're free to choose, man. Do your thing, whatever you want, you know, hell, uh, unsubscribe. I don't, everyone tells you to uh, subscribe, unsubscribe, whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, radical freedom. Uh -huh. That's right. We're radically free. Uh, it, but if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. You know, it definitely helps the show out. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything else. Email gin and tantra at gmail.com, Instagram gin and tantra. And you know, feel free to find me on Facebook. Uh, you could send me a message on there. All the ways to get a hold of us. Uh, we certainly love feedback. And uh, yeah, for Eric, this is Daniel. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. I want you to get together. I want you to get to get together.